today on Ag News Daily. The packages are designed to, they're essentially, you have the base grower portal, which you can think of as just basic count, um, count information and the ability to pay bills or request quotes. Uh, and then our ag retail partners can add on these advanced modules. Good afternoon, listeners. It's another Ag News Daily podcast, and we are talking technology on this Tuesday afternoon. But before we get into that, Delaney, you might make fun of me for this, but although it's a very beautiful day down here in Texas, and honestly, I think it's in like the mid-50s, I actually have a fire rolling right now. Um, I don't blame you. It's Christmas time. You got to be a little festive. <laughs> yeah, my dad, he I'm still with my parents after Thanksgiving right now. And he I, he's like obsessed with fires for some reason. I think every time it gets below 60 degrees, he has some something going on in the fireplace. Well, you guys down there in Texas aren't used to the cold weather we're used to up here in Iowa. I know I was really anticipating a little bit of you making fun of me today. I'll be nice today, I promise. <laughs> well, Delaney, what's been going on in your neck of the woods lately? Um, well, for me personally, I am also turning on the fireplace, decorating for Christmas. Uh, I think my boyfriend's about to kill me because I keep ordering more Christmas decorations. <laughs> so that's what we've been doing other than being quarantined. Uh, we're actually at a quarantine officially tomorrow, and I've got LASIK eye surgery later this week. So Friday, we may or may not have a podcast. I am not going to lie. I'm a little nervous about my LASIK surgery. I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast before. I keep having a dream that instead of getting LASIK, they're going to give me a lobotomy instead. So I've had that reoccurring nightmare now for a while. So if anybody's had LASIK, I would like to put my, my fears at ease. Uh, I would much appreciate that. Delaney, have you seen the video of people doing surgery on the grape? No. Is this a video I want to watch ahead of my surgery or not want to watch? Uh, yeah, maybe I shouldn't have told you about it, but it went viral some time ago of folks doing you know, some kind of surgery. I think it was like a demonstration of LASIK surgery actually oh, on great. grape. But it's, it, it looked very cool. I, I'm sure the grape was fine, but I will be sending thoughts your way. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate that. But in the meantime, I'm going to keep my mind off of that upcoming surgery and talk some ag news for today, Ashton. Uh, for farmers that have been waiting for quite some time for their Syngenta corn settlement check, you can now expect that check in the mail. I know my dad keeps pestering me to see if I've heard anything uh, on the news wires about it. But uh, for some farmers, they've received their checks. Others haven't. But Syngenta is saying that for those folks who are still waiting for their settlement checks, you can expect expect to see those in the mail within the next couple of weeks as a result of a court motion filed in federal court last week. We saw the court motion filed by the U.S. District Court for the District of Kansas calls for the final disbursement of about 194,000 claims, totaling about $390 million. So checks are expected to be sent on or around December 30th. So you should be getting your checks here Maybe by year's end, but if not, definitely by uh, the first of the year, I would say. Speaking of the year's end, Delaney, this is a story that I was really planning on talking about, but I am pretty sure that I saw on the headlines over the couple of the past few days um, that we might be getting a COVID vaccine by December 21st. Have you heard anything about that? Oh, no, I haven't. 
Yeah, I had seen it floating around. I haven't seen too many big headlines about it, but that December 21st date has been floating around that Americans could see a COVID-19 vaccine. I'm going to be really curious. I know we've talked about it a little bit, but to see how they disperse that vaccine, will it be frontline workers? Will it be folks that have to apply to get it? Like, will the everyday citizen be able to get it? I don't know for sure. I'm not going to line up to get one first. Um, Somebody else can take my place, but I'm going to be interested to see how that whole thing comes down. Yeah, I'm also interested in it as well. I'll do some digging and hopefully we can share a little bit more about that tomorrow. But for today, I am wanting to talk some news from the American Soybean Association. Their executive director of government affairs, Christy Seifert, says that policy priorities for the presumed president-elect Joe Biden are clear. And we've talked a little bit about his policies and what we can anticipate. And we actually have some audio files from NAFB that hopefully we'll share here soon about the implications of the Joe Biden win. I have a quote here from Christy Seifert that says he has noted the importance of having improvements in infrastructure, improving urban transit, having clean energy and creating jobs and a climate smart agriculture environment. We'll watch closely what happens with respect to regulations. This presumed new administration has already made some cabinet announcements, and Seifert says that ASA is watching closely for Biden's Secretary of Agriculture pick, and we have talked a little bit that, I believe you reported on that, Delaney, some names that have been tossed around, but we don't have an answer to that quite yet. But Seifert says that the association is also watching EPA, the U.S. Department of Transportation, and the U.S. Trade Representative's Office. So, of course, we are watching right along there with the American Soybean Association for when those announcements will be made. I think I saw something earlier that while we haven't seen USDA or excuse me, while we haven't seen the new secretary of agriculture announced, we had seen some other cabinet positions such as I think I want to say finance. I'm trying to see if I can find that story again. Um, U.S. Treasury Secretary is uh, intended to be Janet Yellen. We're also likely to see him pick his run for the Office of Management and Budget, as well as a few other positions. But like you said, Ashton, nothing yet on Secretary of Agriculture. But I'm glad you brought up the elections because every month, uh, sometimes you report on it, sometimes we don't. The Ag Economy Barometer done by Purdue University is put forth uh, the first ish day of the month. And we saw today on Tuesday, December 1st, they released their latest round of farmer sentiment. And we saw it pull back here post-election. U.S. farmer sentiment weakened following the November 2020 elections is what Purdue University is suggesting. And the ag economy barometer, which measures producer sentiment, how they feel about agriculture, the general economy, the ag economy, etc., fell 16 per 16 points from a month earlier. And so the number we're seeing is a 167, and that may or may not mean anything to you. Essentially, it's still a pretty high number. The index only goes up to about 200 points. So we're seeing that seeing that rural America is still pretty favorable towards the overall economy as well as the ag economy more specifically, but did pull back after the announcements or the 2020 elections. So we'll continue watching that. And I think it's always interesting to see how that moves. Um, the other one that 
adjusted a little bit here was plans for farm machinery purchases in the upcoming year compared to a year ago. We saw about 40% of respondents said that they are less less likely, less anticipated to purchase some new farm equipment as compared to this time last year. We also saw as far as farmland price expectations go, folks are thinking that uh, that we're going to see lower farmland prices again here in 2020, or at least maybe not lower, but somewhat steady to uh, not increasing a whole lot like we have seen here over the past few years. And then finally, the other question I thought that was interesting that they asked was, do you think the trade dispute with China will ultimately be resolved in a way that benefits U.S. agriculture? That one dropped as well compared to June when they last asked this question on their survey back in June, farmers, about 65% of survey farm, surveyed farmers said that they do think it will be resolved in a beneficial way. We saw that 65% drop now to just 50% of respondents who think that agriculture will benefit long-term from whatever way the U.S.-China trade deal is resolved. So we'll keep an eye on those. They, the this survey itself doesn't you know interview a ton of farmers. I think the sample size is something like 2,000 farmers, so it's not a conclusive measure of all farmers, how all of them are feeling across the United States, but it does, I think, put a good pulse on where folks are at in rural America. Certainly, Delaney, and another thing that I'm going to be keeping my eye out on is whether or not the EPA comes to a decision here soon on the annual biofuel blending volume requirements. The EPA missed that deadline yesterday, Monday, November 30th, to announce how much renewable fuel the nation's refiners must blend into their fuel mix this next year, which raised concerns and uncertainty in the fuel market and promoting one biofuel association to threaten to take the agency to court. Under federal law, the EPA must finalize its decision on the biofuel blending volume requirements it imposes on the refining industry for the next year, of course, by November 30th. And the agency did not meet that requirement this year. And a couple of associations are talking about letting the or hoping, you know, that the, the new administration will handle the 2021 renewable volume obligations. And Growth Energy is actually saying that it intends to file a lawsuit to force the Trump administration's EPA to act immediately. So, Ashton, what's the general bottom line here? Do we have to wait to see what this is going to be? Yes, we are going to just have to wait because the EPA did not respond to requests for comment. And I haven't seen anything coming from the EPA talking about these renewable volume obligations. And so I'm not exactly sure when they are going to impose these new obligations. And really, I want to know what this means for the industry because I'm not you know, sure when they are going to start working on those blending volume requirements. And so it just kind of raises a concern for me, at least, because I don't know if that you know, might push back on the biofuel industry. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I do, Ashton. I think I throw down what you're stepping in there. 
Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, Delaney, what other headlines are you watching today? Uh, I just have one other headline related to the markets. Uh, we saw markets again pull back a little bit today. Soybeans were trading higher on the day, but couldn't finish or couldn't follow through really, as well as all the other grains. Um, and specifically, I've got some wheat news here. We saw wheat futures trade to their trade near the lowest levels since early October after we saw a big wave of investors selling crop futures on Monday, spurring some of the biggest losses we've seen in weeks. Soybeans held close to their mid-November lows, but um, overall, we're seeing right now that a bulging forecast for Australia's wheat harvest and some very timely rains are expected to help their crop out. We're also expected to see a looser grain export restriction proposed for the country of Russia. So those are both somewhat bullish, excuse me, somewhat bearish factors for for, uh, South America. And overall, that pushed things lower today, Ashton. Well, Delaney, I'm all out of news if you want to talk markets today. Fantastic. I certainly, uh, I guess I certainly do. They were not very favorable markets today. We're getting a lot of questions from folks, at least uh, at Trader PhD Ag Marketing, where I work about why we're seeing commodities pull back. And really, when it comes to corn and soybeans, we just talked about why wheat's pulling back. But corn and soybeans really have been pulling back on news that Brazil and Argentina are moving right along. We saw Ag Rural report that Brazil's Soybean harvest is now at 87% complete, and they're expected to plant and produce a record crop, about 94.6 million acres. Uh, And I believe their production estimate is coming in at about 133 million metric tons. So if we do see that come to fruition, that's definitely going to flood the markets. But the big question, as we talked about on Market Mondays continuously here, is whether or not we actually see that crop follow through. You know, we've still got a whole season ahead of us here where Brazil and Argentina can have to continue to get some timely rains. But uh, as of right now, grains are not feeling very favorable that those lower production numbers will hold true. Kicking things off here in the corn markets to start, the March contract down five and a quarter cent to close at 420 and three quarters, the December of 2021 down a penny to close at 407 even. In soybeans, January pulling back six and three quarters cent to close at 1162 and a quarter, the March down six and a half to close at 11. 11.63. And in Chicago, wheat, big moves to the downside today as December shed 14 and three quarters cent to close at 5.65 and a half. The March down seven and three quarters to close at 5.77 and a quarter. Hopping over to take a look at the livestock markets. Green across the screen as the December live, excuse me, let's uh, skip here. February live cattle contract up 30 cents to close at 113.17 and a half. The April up 42 to close at 116.82 and a half. In feeder cattle, the January up 60 cents today to close at 141.65. The March adding 67.5 cents to close at 140.65. Lean hogs have a little bit of mixed trade today as the February contract added 17.5 cents to close at 68.75. The August, excuse me, the April shed 2 cents to close at 71.37 and a half. And rounding out our markets with the dairy class 3 milk futures, December up 7 today to close at 15.22. The January down 4 to close at 15.87. Ashton, without further ado, thankfully you've been taking care of most of our interviews as of late. Uh, Tell us who we're talking to for today's Hashtag Tech Tuesday interview. Today we are talking to Alexander Rayshare of AgVend.
Well, for today's hashtag Tech Tuesday interview, we have Alexander Rayshare from Agvent. He is the co-founder and CEO, although his team, I believe you said, Alexander, they like to call you the uh, chief button pusher. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah. Affectionately known as around the office as the chief button pusher. <laughs> well, you know, you have three titles. I guess you're a, a triple threat there, Alexander, but we are super excited to have you on today. So thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to come on the Ag News Daily podcast. Absolutely. Uh, I really appreciate you having me on here. And uh, you know, I think it's um, it's really great. Uh, the work you, you guys do, I think you have bring a very optimistic and positive vibe to uh, agriculture. And that's something that we also uh, internalize at the company here uh, when we support our ag retailer partners and our, and our growers. So before we actually get started talking about AgVend and what the company does, how about you share a little bit more about yourself and your background and how you got to AgVend? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I don't actually come from, I, I always say I, I was not fortunate enough to come come from a farming background, um, although I did grow up in, in rural New England and, and did do a little uh, lobstering there, which oddly enough, maybe for another episode, but we saw a lot of similarities between lobstering and actually uh, running a farm. Uh, but my background really is in on the technology side. Uh, so leading um, product teams and product development teams uh, for um, for different tech technology companies out of San Francisco and the Bay Area. Uh, and then I found my way into agriculture about um, five years ago, working for a precision ag company in the aerial imagery space. Uh, and it was in that role that I really um, noticed and understood that there was um, kind of a need to provide better better basic tooling um, for the relationship between ag retailers and their grower customers. So at a 10,000 foot glance, what is AgVend and what are you guys really doing? Let's dig a little bit more deeper into that. Sure thing. So AgVend powers uh, the omni-channel experience in agriculture. And so our white labeled uh, grower portals enable retailers, ag retailers to launch best in class native mobile apps uh, and websites that digitally connect them to their growers. Uh, and they can do all this without actually having to build it themselves. So Agvent does all the heavy lifting. Uh, and when I say omni-channel experience, just to kind of define that buzzword there, um, th it simply means just providing a consistent level uh, of service and value uh, to customers, regardless of if they choose to do business in person, over the phone, uh, or online. Gotcha. And I'm glad that you brought up that portal because that's definitely something that I kind of want to expand on because on your website, you've got a little, you know, couple of screen grabs there. But for our listeners, what does your portal look like? And if they want to request a demo, you know, what can they expect? Yeah, absolutely. So, so our portal, um, actually the Agrim brand is, um, actually doesn't, it, it's not the Agrim brand you see. Yeah. It's typically one of our, uh, partners, uh, our, our cooperative or independent or national ag retail partners that we have on the site, um, or, or that we work with. Um, so it, it may be, um, maybe your favorite retailer that you're working with today, uh, has an Agrim powered grower portal. Uh, and you may not even be, and you may not even know that you're using you're using that uh, that portal. Now, if you want to request a demo, you can absolutely go to our site and and put in your information, and and our sales team will be in touch there to walk you through. 
but essentially, the grower portal uh, enables uh, growers to save time, uh, get access to um, account information uh, that's typically stored uh, at the office at their retailer, um, at their preferred retailer, uh, to streamline their communications with their sales agronomists, um, and really just to make it easier to do business. Uh, and so growers, for example, can log in uh, to their favorite retailers, um, Agvent Power Grower Portal. They can pay invoices. They can review uh, agronomic plans that are sent over by um, uh, by their sales agronomists. They can make purchases. Uh, and they can all do this uh, through a native mobile application, um, either Android or Apple um, um, native app uh, that enables them to have that, that relationship with their retailer. So you guys have a couple of packages that actually go into the portal and we don't have to, you know, delve super deep into all of those packages because you have quite a few from from what I can see. But why don't you just list them off and maybe give a a short bio, I guess, a, a description of these packages? Yeah. So the packages are designed to, they're essentially, you know, you have the base grower portal, which you can think of as just basic account, um, account information and the ability to pay bills or request quotes. Uh, and then our ag retail partners can add on these advanced modules or these advanced packages. Uh, and the first package, and we have four today, although we're rolling out four more here in the next, uh, in the next three to four months. Um, but the four today, the first is e-commerce. Uh, so this is typical self-serve, being able to search, uh, have a grower have, um, come in, search for a product, uh, add that to cart, make a purchase. Um, the other is uh, agronomic planning, um, so the ability to review agronomic plans and actually make edits to those that have been shared by the sales agronomist at the retailer uh, and then transact on those plans. The third is credit, um, so to manage all of the different financing sources that the growers um, that the growers have today, um, whether that be John Deere Financial or Corteva True Choice uh, or um, CFA, uh, or maybe it's an in-house financing provider at the retailer. Um, and so being able to see account balances, credit limits, et cetera, and then being able to use that for purchases. And then the final package that we have today is our marketing package. And that's actually more geared towards the uh, communications teams or the marketing teams at our co-ops or at our independent retailers um, uh, headquarters. Uh, and that enables them to create email marketing campaigns, text message campaigns, as well as uh, in-app push notifications. So growers are receiving hyper-relevant information that they can then um, from their from their retailer that, that they can then click on, engage on, um, and learn from. And then the four other packages that are coming soon here are um, we have one around grain, so the ability for growers to see all their grain account information at that retailer. Um, another around CRM, um, so helping our, our uh, ag retailer sales teams actually be able to see information and have um, readily accessible information uh, about their growers um, so that we can make for more relevant and high value uh, touch points or I should say high value conversations when they actually go out and meet the growers. We have a business intelligence package that's coming out here soon. Uh, that's really um, for, for the sales management teams at our retailers, help them understand and, and be better leaders and, and organize, organizational leaders at their companies. Um, and the final is around energy. Um, so energy is a big piece of, especially for co-ops, energy is a big piece of what they're offering. And so uh, the ability for growers to manage their energy account information through their retailers grower portal. Wow, it certainly sounds like you guys have your hands full over there with everything that's about to come out with AgVend and, of course, all those packages that you already have. But, Alexander, as 
you of course know the relationship between, you know, a business owner, a producer, what have you, and a consumer or a customer. It's very important. Anyone who is working with people, whether it be in the agriculture industry, what have you, it's highly important to have those relationships with your customers. So what is the AgVend advantage? How is AgVend and your portal and your technologies, how does that add to the relationship between a producer and a consumer? Yeah, this is a really great question uh, because a lot of people, when they think about digital or they think about e-commerce or an online option, uh, they immediately think that this is this is designed to disintermediate the relationship between um, the sales team or the retailer uh, and the grower. Um, and, and what we have found is that digital actually can be an enabler for that relationship. It can help to strengthen that relationship. Uh, and it can do that in a few different ways. The first is just allowing growers to self-serve a bit more, take care of the lower value touch points, the um, being able to review invoices online instead of having to go down to the office and, and talk to their salesperson at, at the off, at the retailer's office location. Um, it, it may be being able to actually make a purchase on their own. If they have, you know, they're trying to, they need to pick up another two and a half gallon uh, jug of Roundup. So giving their um, salesperson a call, they can just do that all through the mobile application. Um, but all of this is very important that, that the salesperson is kept in the loop and, and the representative from the retailer is kept in the loop. Um, and so we do a lot of kind of sharing of communication so that anything that the grower does, whether it be make a purchase or submit a quote um, or even ask a question um, through chat, digital chat, um, that all feeds back to the salesperson that they're working with, that person that they already have a one-to-one established relationship with that may actually span decades. Uh, And so again, it goes back to actually using digital as an enabler for that relationship or an enhancer of that relationship, rather as something that disintermediates the relationship between growers and their trusted ag retail partners. Well, this is great stuff that you guys are doing. And I think it's incredibly interesting. And like you said, when things go digital or when folks are trying to incorporate something digital into their operation, a lot of the times they just think that it's going to, of course, help them out, but, you know, maybe kind of mitigate the relationships that they're making with their customers. But um, for our folks who are looking to get something like AgVend incorporated into their operation, where can they go to find you guys online? Absolutely. So agven.com is our homepage and and where you can find us. Um, You can also tweet at us at agvendhq. And if you want to find me or tweet at me, it's um, at RayshareTweets or shoot me a note at alexander at agven.com. Uh, I should mention, though, my team has a funny joke about my my Twitter handle is that uh, I rarely tweet, although I'm on there. I'm looking at information a lot. I rarely tweet. So they should they tell me I should switch up my handle to say at Rayshare rarely tweets uh, instead of at Rayshare tweets. So um, but that's where you can find me. Well, it sounds like you've got a pretty clever team there, but I'm right along with you. I don't tweet so much as I just kind of lurk, I guess. But <laughs> yeah, Alexander, yeah. thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. and. Good luck to all of the ventures that AgVend is going out on here soon. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate the time again, and and thank you for having me on. Thanks again there to Alexander for coming on the podcast to talk to us about AgVend. And they are going to be rolling out with a couple more 
programs or baggages, I should say, and they actually have their own podcast that they are working on. So best of luck to AgVend. Yeah, be sure, folks, to check out their podcast and be sure, of course, to check out our podcast for any past episodes you might have missed. Find us at agnewsdaily.com or on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Agnews Daily. Ashen, with that, should we let the people go? Let's let them go.